around three months from now, me and Jenny will have been married for 25 years. It will be our 25th wedding anniversary. And uh, you probably should be applauding her for putting up with me for these 25 years more than anything. And uh, I started thinking about uh, how, how crazy our journey has been and looking back on how God's led us to this point, all the things that God's done in our lives has been pretty special and encouraging. I know a lot of you have heard some of this, but just, just hold with me, okay? I'm going somewhere with this. I, I, I thought when we first met, when I first saw her, I didn't know her, okay? It was from a distance. We're at a game, soccer game. She's down front. I'm in the back. I'm goofing off, being silly and crazy, cheering on both teams, all this other stuff. She's down there <clears throat> looking over her shoulder with her group of friends making fun of my group of friends. So it was a beautiful connection from the very beginning. So here she is. They're, they're making fun of us and laughing because we were wearing Burger King hats and making up cheers and doing all this stuff. We were just having a great time. So we leave the, the ball game, and as our, we're leaving, we get into this crowd of people that are all leaving, and I hear these girls saying, wow, they were a bunch of idiots. And I nudged my friends, and I said, I think we're the idiots she's talking about. So I went up and confronted her and was like, hey, uh, did you, were, were, are, are you talking about a group of idiots that were doing these things? And she said, oh, I didn't know you guys were behind us and all this other stuff. So we did what most guys do when they meet pretty girls. We asked them to go hang out with us. So uh, we, we went up to the social hall. We went up there and sat down and was playing games and hanging out. And I was, I didn't know them at this time, but in that moment, I'm sitting there being captivated by this blonde haired girl that's sitting right in front of me. And as she was sitting there, I just, I was, I, I, I was noticing how quiet she was, but how smart she was and how cute she was and how she was meek and how she was smart, but she was still having fun. And she, I just, I'm just totally into this zone. And I was, I was intrigued. Uh, me and my friends, before we left, we said, what are you guys doing tomorrow night? And they said, well, nothing. So we invited them to hang out with us at the sports center the, the following day. So me and Bubba and Scott, uh, that the, the my friends that I had then, we, we grew up together. By the way, I think it's going to work out possibly that Scott, my lifelong best friend, is going to be here preaching in July of this coming summer. I, I'm hoping it works out. I'm really excited if this works out. But here I am, Scott and Bubba, we're at the mall. And I, I confessed to them, I said, hey, that blonde haired girl that sat across from me, the, the, I think her name was Jenny. I said, I'm going to ask her out tonight. And I was like, you know, just going to step I didn't know if she was dating or anything at that time. And stuff. So I, I went to ask her out, and, and, and it was, she said yes, but it was, anyways, she said yes, and uh, she didn't hesitate. I mean, she was in love with all this, okay? I mean, how could she turn all this down, okay? So, so here, I, I asked her out, then we had, uh, uh, the next day, I was like, what are you doing tomorrow? And what, what, what do you do for lunch? And when, when's your free period? And, and what are you guys doing next weekend? And, and I, was, I was just totally captivated by this girl. I wanted to get to know her, I wanted to be around her more. Here's the thing, nobody had to ask me to do it. I just wanted to experience more of what I knew of her. I was seeking after her, I was going after her, and I, I wanted to know her in this way. I would, I would ask her questions like, when's, when's, your, when's your lunch tomorrow? And she'd be like, oh, I'll have lunch at 11 or whatever. I'd go looking for her uh, in the cafeteria. Now you might, you might call that stalking, okay? And, and the, the restraining order said that too, but I, uh, I called it love, okay? There's a difference there. 
But I was, I was totally seeking her out. And the more I got around her, the more I fell in love with her, the more I discovered who she was. I was seeking to have a relationship. Now, here's the difference. I had an initial conversation. I met her up front. I talked to her and got her to know her name. But after that, I kept going back to know her more and more and more. There's a difference between talking and seeking. There's a difference. It's an endeavor. It's a journey. It's a quest. The Bible speaks about us seeking God. Over and over again, there's, there's verses about praying to God. There's passages about fasting. There's passages about reading God's word. There's all these different things. It's filled with that. But then we get into this segment that the Bible talks about over and over and over again, seeking the Lord. Isaiah 55, the Bible says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. It's an illustration that we can understand. If there's distance between us and God, or there's a girl that I see and I think she's pretty, I want to get to know her. I want to be around her. I want to experience her. I I want to see her again. I I want to know as much as I can about her. Seeking after. This verse right here is, find him, seek him while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. That's proximity. I want to be close to God. The Bible says in 1 Chronicles, now this, I'm just giving you examples of this, Okay. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. Over and over again, the Bible is saying this again. But now it's not just saying seek the Lord, but seek his face. Seeking the face of God is literally I want to be in his presence. I've spoke on this before and kind of illustrated this. It's it's not just a matter of knowing them or talking to them. I called up Jordan yesterday. Me and Logan went out and Jenny was out doing stuff and Morgan was gone at snow camp. And so it was just a guy's thing. And I remember I kept calling Jordan and I was saying, hey, what are you doing? He said, dad, I'm at home or at his apartment stuff. I said, what are you doing right now? I said, why don't you get in your car and come meet us for dinner? The thing was, I was not okay with just the FaceTime call. I'm not okay just having pictures. I'm not okay with just having stories. I want to be in the presence of my son. I want to fellowship with him right there. The Bible is talking about seeking the face of God. It's literally, I don't want just stories about God. I want to experience, I want him right here. I want God in my problem. I want God in my family. I want God in my church. I don't want stories. I don't want just things of the past. I don't want just conversations. I don't want to, it's just things that are passed down through history books. I want to see the face of God. It's personal to have him show up in my life. Psalms 9 verse 10. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. To go after comes with a promise to experience God in in this way. 2 Chronicles 7.14, if my people were called by my name, will help themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and hear from heaven. But in the middle of it, it says, seek my face. Man, I want you to pray and I want you to read and I want you to be part of these things. But he was saying in the middle of that, I want you to seek my face. I I want you to be close to me. I I was close to Peter in the Bible. I was close to Andrew in the Bible. I was close to Matthew in the Bible. I want you to be close to me. To experience me. Not from a distance. See my face. Psalm 63 verse 1. If we can all turn there. If you're not there already. Psalm 63. We'll be in this passage for the remainder of our time. Oh God. Thou art my God. 
Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. This is a big deal in Scripture. Can I clarify a couple of things if we're going to be honest, if we're going to talk about this? God has not moved. Sometimes we have that mindset. If you have to seek something, it's because something's changed or something moved. God has not moved. It's not saying here in this passage that we have to seek after him. The Bible makes it very clear. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. We walk out on people. We leave relationships. We leave different things that happen in our lives. We, we leave those. But God, God is a rock. He, he is that stable. He is that constant. God does not leave us. God is not hiding. It's not like when we were kids, we'd play hide and seek. God, God did not run from us and hide. It's not a matter of us having to seek for him because he's hidden somewhere. God is not hiding from us whatsoever. We have to understand that why are we seeking God? The Bible gives different illustrations and application of this, of what happens. I, I use the illustration all the time of even seeking God in his word. I want to read about it. I want to know about him. I, I'm going to pray. I, I, I bow on my knees. and I'm going to pray to God. I'm going to worship him. The Bible talks about us worshiping him. Lifting up our voices, lifting up our tears, lifting up our hands, being in the presence of God. What happens is whether it's Bible reading or prayer or whatever, the Bible even talks about in the last days in Thessalonians that there would become a great falling away. The picture like this, when I was passionate about God and passionate about church and passionate about reading the Bible and passionate about seeking God, and then all of a sudden a lot of other things come in our lives, we fall away, we step away, we, we go astray from the things we need. God did not leave us. We have just fallen away from the things that we know is right. We've fallen away from the things that we need, the, 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 the presence of God. We seek him in these ways. and say, I'm okay, I'm saved, God, I got saved. That's great, you should have met Jesus, encountered Jesus, got salvation. I can say, hey, I'm married, May 10th, I got married. I accepted my wife to be my, my, my wife is, is, is a personal relationship. But I didn't just walk off and say, see ya. I pursued a relationship. Actually, after that, it should grow more and more. I, I, I've told you guys this before. I, I know more about my wife and discovered more of the character and the things of who she is today more than I did even when I met her. She, she's grown so much in different areas of her spiritual life and her leadership and parenting and all this stuff. And I stand in awe the more I'm around her to be able to see all that God's done through her. It doesn't stop. It doesn't stop with our relationship. And you say, well, I'm saved. Well, you should be going after him because now you've got a relationship with him. You should grow and become more passionate over time. Seek, the Hebrew word, explains it. It means to search out by any method, specifically in worship or in prayer. I, 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 want, I want to seek him. You, you, when you seek after something, you're looking to find something. Okay, that's like, wow, deep. No, but it's, it's like, God, I want to see you work in my marriage. I'm going to go after it till I find that. I'm going to see you work in my kid's life. It's not just one and done. Now I lay me down to sleep. No, God, I'm going to pursue you to work in my kid's life. To search out. To strive after means to beg or beseech. There's a sense of urgency that it talks about with this. It's, it, it means to request or require. It means there's some, a desire there of having something in your heart. 
Seeking does have a sense of urgency, and it's, it's different than just, hey, okay, we should stop and pray really fast. All right, like, like so-and-so, let's, it's, it's, it's different than just a passive conversation. The perfect illustration is losing your keys. When do you lose your keys? When you're running late, when you have to be there, when they told your, you, you, you know, at school, don't let your kids be late anymore. I promise they won't be late tomorrow, and then you lose your keys. I can't be late to work. I can't be late for church. I've got to be a certain place. And then you sit there and say, I left my keys right here. Who took my keys? And we instantly start blaming everybody for it. We go around. Now, it starts off as a slow panic, doesn't it? It's like, oh, what are you doing, Dad? I, I thought I, I, I had my keys here. I can't find them. And then as time starts clicking by, it becomes this rage, okay? It's like you're pulling off couch cushions. You're kicking the dog. You're running through the house. You're doing all these things. I've got to find my keys. And somebody would come up to you and say, well, you just calm down. Well, they're not, they're not feeling the urgency that you have because you need your keys. You know why? Because in your mind, you know, I can't get and do what I need to do without that. Can I tell you, we can't get and do what we need to do without God. We cannot survive without God. We cannot thrive without God. We're never going to make it without God. It just doesn't work this way. I want to challenge us to seek after God. On, on March 14th, we're going to be starting a spiritual journey. <clears throat> not saying that we're not on a spiritual journey right now, because I hope you are. I, I hope you're taking these things that we're studying and learning about and applying them to your life and saying, I want more. I want more. I hope we want more. But on March 14th, we're going to put out a devotional that's going to be about fasting, praying, Bible reading, and seeking God. 21 days that I'm going to go through this. And I mean intently go through this. You with your family, you by yourself. It's a personal revival in your heart that we're going through. I just want you to prepare yourself now. I'll be preaching and teaching, leading all the way up to it. But I want you to plan. I'm going to get one of the devotionals. I'm going to set aside time and I'm going to seek after God. I don't want to just preach this message. I'm going somewhere with this. This is one of those messages that I want you to leave here today and say that my life is going to be different on Monday and Tuesday. I'm going to live my life differently. Let me explain how this works. If you're serious about seeking after God, then this is what we need to know. Number one, seeking requires an awakening. It requires. You're not going to do this without an awakening. And I know a lot of what we talked about already, the condition and the lack of the moving of the Spirit of God, is all that awakening. Last Sunday... I uh, preached the first service, I left, went to Connecting Point, and then I normally sit right up here before I come up here to preach. And after Connecting Point, I was walking around the hallway to come through this door, and there was a spill on the floor, and somebody brought over a trash can to put it there so nobody would fall on it. And I thought, man, somebody's still going to slip and fall on this. So I said, no problem, I know where we have regs and the mop and all that stuff, and so I walked down the hallway and you know, you know when you're in a hurry to do something and you just don't realize what you're doing with everything that you have in your hands? So I grabbed the mop and that stuff and I went back down there and I started cleaning and somebody came up and said, you go in there and preach, I'll, I'll take care of this. So I was slipped into the worship service and then I was sitting there and we got to almost to the, the last song before it was time to preach. And I just looked down to, you know, grab my notes and my Bible and all of a sudden I thought all my stuff was gone. And I'm thinking, I cannot preach without my Bible. I cannot, I, I, can't, I, I need my notes so here I am going straight from worship to darting out of here like a madman. 
And I am thinking, I've got countdown like this, so many minutes that I have to make this happen. So I'm running around. I run back to Connecting Point. Did you see my notes? Did you see my iPad? I was like running back to the hallway, going around to all the information desks. I'm sweating. I'm, I'm feeling the pressure of this. And all of a sudden, I think, oh, I grabbed that mop. I went back there. There it is, right there inside the janitor's closet on there. So I grabbed it, made it back inside here. But when I sat there and I'm thinking, everything is okay, everything's okay, everything's okay, it's not okay because I'm missing something. There's an awareness. There's got to be an awareness in our generation when we realize something's not clicking with me as a parent. When God said, I'll be your strength, I'll be your supply. I'll be your help. I'll be your peace. And something's missing. There should be an awareness. If God ordained marriage and God brought us together to be united and stronger together and we're struggling in our marriages and we're talking about divorce and falling apart, something is wrong. Something's missing. There should be an awareness. If we go through church and we can talk and sing about nothing and stand in the presence of the great I am and yet we're falling apart with addictions and all bad habits and everything, then we're not standing in the presence of the great I am. Something's missing. There has to be an awareness that goes off in our minds of understanding something's not right. Look at how David compares this awakening of this great need. He said, oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. Now he's putting it in like language we could understand. If you get super thirsty, you're like, okay, I need, I need some water. You have any water? Where's the closest water fountain? Man, I need this. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. He was explaining and comparing it to God. God, you are my water. God, I can't live without you being my water. I need you. I, I'm thirsty for this. But he explains, he said, in a dry and thirsty land... You know why he's saying that? Because we all have an inner thirst. Even the world around us has an inner thirst. I want to be happy. I want fulfillment. I, 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 I want to feel like I have value. I want to feel like I matter. I want all these different things. They know that. But what happens is we go to all the things of the world looking for those things. You can't get water or satisfaction or your thirst quenched when you're searching in a place that is, has a major deficit of all those things. You're not going to find self-esteem looking to social media. You're not going to find uh, fulfillment in relationships when Jesus was created to be that fulfillment in our relationships. You're, you're, you're not going to find help to fix your marriages by, in a self-help book or Dr. Phil. It's, it's, you're not going to find it in those places. But the world around us is digging in a land and trying to strive in a land that is dry and thirsty and vacant of those things. He turned and David said, I long for you because you are what quenches my thirst. You are what I'm missing. He had an awareness of this. He understood this. We must have an awakening in our generation that the number one thing that we need more than anything is God. It's got to wake us up to this. And, and realizing that the problems and the agony and all the garbage that we're going through is not intended to be there. I'm not saying that we're not going to go through struggles. But I am saying that there should be an inner strength to help us get through the struggles. There should be. We should not be falling apart. He said, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. There must be an awakening. But there must be seeking. 
He says, early will I seek thee. It's seeking God is a pursuit. It's an action. If I was to sit there and say, my keys are gone. Okay, what are you going to do? I don't know. It'll be fine. It will work out. No. If there's something that I need and I know that is missing, I have to rise up and pursue it. It's an action. And a lot of times talk is so cheap that we talk about all these things that we need, but we don't pursue it. David had this awareness of this and he turned into action. He used the word seek. I'm going to pursue you, God. I'm going to knock and keep on knocking. I'm going to ask and keep on asking. I'm going to seek and keep on seeking. I'm going to go after this. I'm not going to stop. And sometimes we're, we're so quick to give up. It's like, well, this isn't happening or whatever. And we give up so fast. It's not, David was saying, I'm going to seek. And if you knew the backstory of what was going on, he desperately needed help from God. So let's just be real, okay? Because we all agree to this. I mean, none of us would sit there and say, we don't need God. Everything's fine. We wouldn't say that. But why is it that we're lacking or the falling away that we've had or, or the lack of being intimate and, and, and going into the secret place of God? Here, here it is. It requires a shift in priorities. Now notice how David said this as he was talking through this. He said, oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. David was teaching a principle. The Bible is teaching a principle. Before I get in anything, I have to acknowledge that I need God more than I need anything else that I'm going to face. God must be first, early. God, I'm going to seek you before. This is what happens before things fall apart. It's like, oh, everything's falling apart. Have you pulled God into it? I started to pray. We put God at the tail end of our problems. And we wonder why it's not working. God doesn't want to be the, 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 one, the plan B and C. He, he wants to be the beginning of it, at the beginning of our problems. God must come first. A lot of you guys struggle with the same problem that I have, and I think we should just be real with it. I can't function during the day without coffee. Can anybody back me up on that? Okay, all right, some of you are lying right now. You, since you, you have the idea that I can quit any time. You are lying in church. I, I, I can't, I, Jen can tell you, I don't function well without coffee. I don't. So it, what happens for us coffee drinkers is coffee becomes a priority. You know what I'm saying? You get up in the morning, I'm going to get coffee. Okay, I don't care if the kids are going to be late to school. I don't, I don't care if I'm not going to make it to work. <laughs> I need coffee in the morning. You don't believe me? Just pass Starbucks and Tim Hortons in the morning. The line will wrap completely around, and sometimes it laps a second time around there. And people will stand in that line because they're like, I can't function without my coffee. I need my coffee. My coffee helps me think. It helps me process. It helps me not kill people, okay? It's like, I need my coffee. Just, just, I need it. It's a priority in my life. So we seek after it. Do we seek after God in this way? Do we make it? Do we, have we, as Christians, do we have it in our mind knowing that there's no way that I'm going to handle this problem at work if I don't first have my time with God. There's no way that I'm going to fix this issue with my spouse if I don't first go to God. Because if you can skip God and skip seeking after God, you're literally saying, I've got this. I'll come back to you if everything doesn't work out right. But you're okay right there. I'm busy. As we hold our coffee and our breakfast sandwich from McDonald's that we waited 20 minutes in line to get. We don't take time. Satan has made us so busy. We have so many conveniences. 
I can answer texts and emails and things like that. Why is it that the fact that the more conveniences we have, the more distracted we become? Why is it the more answers and the more things are ready available and the more we have Alexa to order our groceries and we have DoorDash to deliver our food and yet we have less and less time? Can we not stop and realize that maybe this is spiritual warfare that's happening? That, that, that we are so strung out that we don't have time for what matters most? That we, we are distracted from the things that matters most? We, we just get so busy. I think this is part of David's plan. Can, can, can just be real with us, okay? Let, let's just be honest with each other. Sometimes we live exhausted in this world because we are doing things in our own strength and skipping the strength that God offers. David said, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence my help come. My help cometh from the Lord, which made the heaven and earth. David was literally saying, I know the help that I need to get me into work. I know the help that I need to get me through school, through the test, through the exam. We sit there and talk about squeezing God into our day. We're literally trying to drive the car with an empty tank. It doesn't work. It cannot work. Guys, it will not work. We have got to take a shift in our priorities. I'm hoping that this reprograms our brain. Maybe it's time to turn off Netflix. Maybe it's time to go to bed early. Maybe it's time to get up early. Maybe it's time to say no to some things. But I tell you, it's got to become a priority in our life. There's got to be a shift that happens David, First Chronicles 16, 11, when we read this earlier, it says, seek the Lord and his strength. Do you know what I get when I find that I'm spending time with God? When I'm seeking after God, I'm going to him as the help? Big surprise, I get help. God says, I'll be your portion. I'll be, I'll, I'll be your answer. All this, you're going to find what you're looking for when you seek after God. That's why he said in Psalm 63, or 1, early will I seek you. I need you more than I need coffee. God, I'm not going to make it through the day. I'm not going to make it through work without you. I'm not saying that sometimes we get so rigid and and, and legalistic with this thing. I'm not saying that the first thing when you hit the ground, but I'm saying before you make it through life, before you make it through problems, we better make a priority saying, God, I need you more than I need anything else. But it also requires action. You know, I I realized January, February, and there's a big theme of these months that happen right now. Christmas, Thanksgiving, it's all the decorations and decor. January 1st, you know what hits all the shelves? Exercise equipment. Because everybody's sitting there going, this is going to be my year. You know what I'm saying? I've got goals. I want to buckle my pants. You know, I've got goals. I want to see my toes. You know, I mean, we have all these goals in life. You know, I'm going to make a change. This is going to be my time. So everybody has these great intentions. You know, it's like, it's, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work out more. I'm going to join the gym membership. Go to the store. Honey, what are you doing? Well, these are rice cakes, and these are slim fast shakes, and these are, you know, I, I found this exercise thing in the back. I'm going to do this every day. And then we get the apps, and then we have the videos, and we, we get, you know what I'm saying? We have all this stuff around us. It only works if you do it. It only works if you do it. It doesn't matter how many apps you have. It doesn't matter how many videos you've got on the shelf that's going to help you firm up whatever you have that needs to be firmed up. It just, it, all, all of these things that we do, it's just theory until there's application to it. 
And I fear for us as Christians that we've got 104.9 on the radio and we've got the devotional book on the table and we've got the Seeking God book on it. You know what I'm saying? We've got the stuff. We go to church and we've got our groups and we have all these things that we go through the motions of it. But I'm telling you, when you read in the Bible about seeking after God, it goes deeper than all of that stuff. They're tools. You can have the greatest study Bible in the world, but if you don't study the Bible, it doesn't help you to know God more. It doesn't work. It's not just a matter of rearranging our priorities. It's about taking action to these things that we need. So let me just lay this out there. and You're going to hear more and more about this because I'm preaching on a lot of this stuff that I'm about to talk about because this is seeking God and asking God to revive our hearts. Do we have a sense of urgency? Do we have a sense of priority? Let, let me put it like this. Do you or have you spent personal time alone with God this week? Do you or have you? Because if we're being real, we have every intention of waking up saying, I'm going to spend more time with God. The same way as we wake up saying, I'm going to work out today. Or I'm going to walk today. Or, I'm going I'm to do something today. We have the, the, we have the intention. We do the same thing with God. This, today's going to be different. But this is how it goes. You wake up, the alarm, you snooze one too many times, you lost that time. You're running late, you've got to put the lunches together for the kids, you've got to get them out the door, you've got to get homework, you've got to get them there, you, 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 you stop at work, you realize that you're already late, you run through there, you don't have time to stop, you're half asleep at lunch, you come home, there's dinner to be made, there's homework to be done, there's projects to be done, there's the house to be cleaned, there's shopping that has to be picked up, all these different things. And when you lay your head down at night, you're saying, oh man, for God, I was going to do that today. I'll do it tomorrow. We, 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 we've pushed ourselves to, be, to, drive, to live crazy lives. Exhausted, crazy lives. Jesus said when he was talking about prayer, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into the closet. When thou hast shut the door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. I'll go deep into this in two, three weeks. I have a scheduled plan that I'm going to preach on this. But can I just highlight this right now? What God is saying, I'm glad that before you ate, and this is our mindset, this is what we do. It's like, oh, oh man, we, dad, we forgot to pray. Uh, somebody pray really fast. I hate associating the words really fast with praying. And we do that. It's like, oh, we've got to put in the religious practice to do this. It's like we're getting ready to do a major event or, or a trip and we're running out the door. It says, oh, we should pray. Oh, we should pray. Uh, so, so and so pray really fast. Uh, God be with us in this trip. There's no seeking God. Can you imagine if, if I did that when I was dating Jenny and I was like passionately pursuing her and I wanted to marry her and I'm in love with her and I walked up to her and says, really fast. I think you're nice. You, you know, it's like. It's like, wow, that was romantic and kind. I mean, God doesn't want to keep being snuck into our day and overlapping with everything else we have going on. Well, I prayed with him at the red light as I was checking Facebook and having somebody honk behind me and I was trying to remember what I had to pick up at the store. But I prayed today. It's not time for God. We wonder why God doesn't have time for us. We don't have time for God. We're not coming into the throne room. We're not boldly coming before the throne of grace. We're, we're running through, through with McDonald's bags as we're going to home, uh, uh, homework and th- throwing the kids to bed. We don't have time for the throne room. 
where the great I am is and the power of God falls and there's things that change in our life and we're able to go through life differently because I've been in the presence of the great I am. Seeking God is finding God. It's, it's the same thing. Do you, do you seek God in his word? I'm, I'm thankful that we have the cute devotionals and it's read a verse and, and, and today think about this and those things are great. But I, I, I'm telling you, when it comes to our relationship with God, it's good to sit down with your Bible and say, I want to hear from you today. God, I'm going through some stuff. And I remember one time when I was in the hospital and I could not get to sleep. And we were in the uh, intensive care unit of the heart center at the ch- at children's hospital. And I, I was so distraught. I was so broken. His, his heart rate kept dropping. His blood pressure kept dropping. I mean, I was, I was sick and emotional and I was a mess. And I remember grabbing my Bible and I sat there and I just read until I fell asleep. But I told God, I said, I have to hear from you because you said that you're peace and I have no peace and I need to go to sleep. God gave me peace. You know why? Because I found him. The promises of the things that he says, he sit there and say, I don't have it in my life. I don't have that. I'm filled with anxiety. Where are you seeking? PlayStation? Hulu? What are you seeking? I'm, 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 if there was a mirror up here, I'd be looking at myself just as much. Do you seek God when you come to church? I'm, I'm saying not just like, like no, no, no. I'm, I'm silencing my phone. And I, I want to be in the presence of God. And I need to worship today. And I need to hear from God. And when the message, I'm not worried about what we're doing afterwards or whatever. I just need to hear from God. God, I've come here today to be with you. Cannot experience revival by staying where we're at. Nothing's going to change unless things change. There's a priority switch that has to happen even today and tomorrow. The shut the door thing is like, I'm going to shut the door. It's like, I'm going to go to that secret place. I'm going to shut the door. And I'm going to be in there and say, God, it's just me and you. And I have a lot on my heart. And I'm so burdened. And I need to talk to you. And I can't even say this to everybody else because they think I'm crazy. God, I know that you already know my heart. And all of a sudden, in that secret place in the Most High, you're able to, to connect with God. Here's the promise. And you shall seek me and find me. You will define what it means. Not sing about it. You'll find what it means to know that God is the great I am. You'll find, you'll discover, you'll experience what it means that God is your portion. You'll find, you'll experience to mean what God said, that I, I have the words of life. You'll find what that means. Not just in theory. When you shall search for me with all of your heart. Now let me explain something. There's a, there's a semicolon in this passage. In the semicolon, I'm not a grammar expert, but a semicolon ex- connects one thought to another thought. It kind of links them together. It chains them together to say this is one and the same. Can we read the two? O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My soul longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see. I want to see it. To see. I want to see your power and I want to see your glory. 
I'm not just seeking God in his word. I'm not just seeking him in fasting. I'm not just seeking God when I'm in the secret place. I am seeking to find, to see thy power and thy glory. And I've heard it at church. We sang the great I am last Sunday. And man, the choir sang this song room about the throne room and how it could come in there. And it, it stirred my heart. It worked me up. It got me all excited. And man, all this. And David was saying, I've seen you in the sanctuary. But God, I need to see you in my circumstances. I've seen you and I've heard you and I've experienced all these things. But God, I need to see you. My eyes have affected my heart. I want to walk into the presence of God. I want to experience for myself. I want to experience your power. Of what only God can do. I want to experience the glory of God. Which literally means the presence of God. The greatness of God. I want to experience this for myself. To see it. Seeking God brings us into his presence and power. See I have the Bible. I've had this my whole life. Not this Bible. But I've had the Bible my whole life. And I've read the stories. About Daniel. I've read the story of Gideon. Many times. I've read the story about how they were fighting in the midst of battle. And in the middle of their battle, they turn around and say, God, we more need more light. And God made the sun stand still. You say, that's impossible. Not, not with my God, it's not impossible. I've heard the story about Joseph. God feeding and saving nations because of him. I, I, I've, I've heard stories. I've heard stories about the day of Pentecost when God worked in like a mighty Russian wind. I've heard the stories about Jesus commanding and speaking to the demons come out. Jarius comes out with his daughter. The centurion comes to him with his servant and says, just speak the words and my servant shall be healed. I've heard it. 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 I've heard of the revivals. heard of Billy Sunday, Billy Graham, Jonathan Edwards, George Whitfield. I've heard of it. I've heard of it. God's looking for a generation that rises up to say, I want to see it. David was like, I've seen the dry and thirsty land. I've been there. I know there's, there's nothing there, but I know who you are in the sanctuary and I need to see you in my circumstances. And God, I want to see it. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of Peter walking on the water. And I think of just what, what happened in there. So Jesus comes up, and they had no idea that it was Jesus. They said, oh, we've seen a ghost or something. And that's the, the middle of the storm, the middle of the night, and the darkest part. And God showed up in the middle of that part. And so Peter and them are in the boat, and they're sitting there, and they have this awakening, awareness. Wait a minute. Peter is like, I know him. That's Jesus. He is the healer. He is the great I am. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I know him. Peter's sitting there with a generation of people that have never truly embraced and witnessed the power of God for themselves. And Peter has this awakening and says to Jesus, Can I come to you? Can I seek you? Can I go to you? Can I be invited to do what man says cannot do? Can I be part of something that man says impossible? And Jesus does what he does. He says, Peter, come. 
You can imagine all the other disciples as they're sitting in there and nudging one another and says, Peter, I don't know if you know this, but people don't walk on water. It's not a thing. It doesn't work that way. Peter, he's getting over that boat, and he says, but he said, I can. He calls us to experience great things. And here's in our life that we're so tore up with so many problems and COVID and cancer and and economy and fear and all this other stuff. And, And it was the storm of life that we talk about. Jesus standing on the storm. Solid as a rock. It's just standing there. Almost saying to them, oh, this, this is what you fear? Yeah, um, I'm just going to stand on top of it because I'm greater than that. Peter gets on the water and he begins to walk towards Jesus to experience for himself the great I am the power and the presence of what he promised and that he is. I'm not preaching this to try to encourage you guys to run back to the church pond after service. That's not my point. But it's a matter of we have things that man says is impossible. You don't walk on water. You don't drop the walls of Jericho. You don't walk through the Red Sea. And I'm I'm not trying to like overdo this of saying that we're trying to relive the Old Testament but I do know that I have problems that live in today's generation. And we can sing about the great I am and we can get all excited about these songs, but God's waiting for us to be like the Peter and say, come on, come on, let me show you. Let, let's see it for yourself, experience for yourself, but you're only ever, ever going to do it when you seek God to get out of your comfort zone, to get out of that spot and say, I'm doing something different. And that fear that overcomes us, that fear that is all around us, can it be overwhelming? And I think of my life, it's cancer, and it's, you guys already know this. June 28th, they introduced our family to Logan's cancer. I want to introduce my, his cancer to the great I am. I don't know what the future holds, but I can tell you this. I'm not going to stay in the boat. And I'm sure everybody thought that he was crazy getting out of that boat. The fact that Fellowship Baptist Church is praying and crying out for revival. Then let me be crazy then. Because only one dude walked on water. Do you know why? Can I? Let me? Can I go to you? And God said, come. And he went. And everybody else can sit in the boat and talk about it but only one of them got to see it. The one that sought after God. I'm not staying where I'm at. I want to see 